Welcome to another amazing episode of JoJo's Empowering Journey. I'm your host, JoJo Chanel Horn, and today we have a very special guest joining us. I'm thrilled to introduce the talented author of Living with Cross-Dressing and incredible individual, Savannah Hawk, person whose story resonates with a personal level as she bravely identifies as a cross-dresser, while I, as myself, identify as transgender. Savannah's journey, her experiences, and her perspectives offers us and her a unique opportunity to understand and appreciate diversity and gender identities. Today, we delve deep into her life, exploring her challenges, triumphs, and the power of a self-expression through fashion and identity. So without further ado, let's welcome Savannah Hawk to JoJo's Empowering Journey podcast. Savannah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to have you here today. Oh, thank you, JoJo. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on the show and inviting me on. So yeah, I'd love to talk. Awesome. Can you tell us what inspired you to write your books, Living with Cross-Dressing? Uh, the first book primarily was... Uh, written as a response to the fact that there really isn't a lot of information out there for a non-transitioning, non-binary person, um, otherwise in many cases known as a cross-dresser. So as a result, there were so many people, I was living on Long Island in New York at the time, and I had introduced my girlfriend to Savannah, uh, pretty much right out of the gate. And she had started reading material to try to educate herself about somebody like me. And unfortunately, the information in the book she was reading were very much about transitioning, and uh, which left a really bad taste in her mouth. Because she just assumed because all these books said I would transition, that must be the truth. And she wasn't looking for a partner who was looking to transition. And I kept trying to tell her, no, I'm not going to transition. This is, I'm very happy as a biological male with a female expression. And so, you know, a little time went on and I really just decided, you know what? I, I blog, I write, why don't I just interview couples like myself and write a book about it? So the first book was about that. And then the second book, as I became more confident and comfortable in who I am as a person, st still continuing to do deep dives into who I am as a person, uh, that's where I wrote the second book, which was about gender and identity and presentation and sexual attraction and romantic attraction and use of pronouns and all the things that you really need as a gender diverse person to really have in your arsenal of knowledge so you can have better conversations with people outside of yourself because the more confident you are as a person the easier it is to have harder conversations with others or asking you very poignant important and hard questions could you please elaborate on the challenges you face as a cross-dresser and how they have your journey? Uh, well, I mean, the challenges probably are well known by many people in your audience and probably even including yourself. Uh, the yeah. challenges I face growing up was living a secret because I grew up in right. the 70s and 80s and really kind of came into owning my gender in the 90s. And all that time, it was all about, you know, lack of information, um, kind of the stigma around anything that was trans or tranny or cross-dressing, transvestism. It was all very, you know, fetishistic and underground and taboo. And so I had to like unlearn that. I had to unlearn how people saw people like me. And, you know, so I kept it a secret for a long, long time. 
Um, but then going forward, as I became more confident in just understanding myself, understanding who I am, understanding I'm not harming anybody, I'm not harming myself. Uh, it's a healthy expression. Um, seeing others in New York City like myself doing it like on the daily, um, those all those experiences helped me to just be my more authentic self. But the trials of like worrying about pe how people are going to see you, worrying about rejections in relationships and your, from your family, uh, worrying about this shame that people may attribute to you because they don't understand who you are as a person. Those are daily challenges that you constantly have to kind Base. of do that <laughs> positive self-talk in order to get past it. Right. And um, can uh, can you share personal anecdotes or experiences that were particularly impactful during your exploration of cross-dressing? Um, let's see, what's the most impactful? Um, in the 90s, when I f it took me years, even living in New York City and seeing drag queens and uh, people down in Soho and the gay community. It still took me a couple of years to really realize, oh, I can be that way too and not be ashamed yeah. of who I was. So that was a long process to just be able to utter the word transvestite, you know, to mm -hmm. myself. It's like, yes, that's my label because at that time in the 90s, there weren't as many labels for gender diversity as they are now. Uh, so that was like what I kind of had to cling to because it made most sense, which then led to like, I don't like that word. I'm going to go to crossdresser, which then um, yeah. unfortunately for years has actually been a detriment because while I am a cross-dresser, which means I cross-dress in order to have feminine expression, what it doesn't mean is that's what my identity is. My identity is dual gender in nature. So cross-dresser right. is just how I get to it, how I express it, but I'm not really a cross-dresser. I'm really part of the trans community as dual gender. So it took me years to realize that. Um, one of the, probably the most poignant anecdotes was when I moved from New York City to the upstate of South Carolina. So you can see that's pretty much a culture shock, a regional shock, uh, a religious shock. Um, and I spent probably, even though I was loud and proud up in New York, it took me like six months of being in a feeling of terror, uh, worrying about what people would think of me if I walked out the door of Savannah down here in the South. And it took me months. I had a, you try to find a community like myself. I tried to find the same bubble and tribe that I had in New York. Couldn't find it. And really, my girlfriend and I, with her help, we found a bigger uh, queer community that I could attach to. And with that, I was like, finally regained enough of that confidence to go out to the world again. But it was strange to go from being really confident in New York to being petrified in South Carolina, like overnight. Right, right. Uh, how do you believe your books can contribute to raising awareness and promoting acceptance for individuals who identify as cross-dressers? Well, I, I think, like I said, in the first book, which is uh, Defining a New Normal, is really about uh, posing and posing yourself as a cross-dressing male to female person and getting others to understand what that means both to you and what it means to them in a relationship with somebody like you so i think it's i think the first book would be great for relationships and people in relationships like oh i just found out my husband of 10 years uh likes to wear dresses i i just found this out i don't i don't know what to do how does it what does that mean for my marriage what does that mean for my friends what does that mean for my entire world that i i assumed was going to go a certain way so the first book really is about 
helping that relationship and understanding from both sides. Um, and the second book, I think, really is, again, that talk to yourself, that conversation you have with yourself as a gender diverse person and understanding where you fit into the fabric of that galaxy and then being able to like just be more adept and more intelligent about who you are as a person and again i think that labels are important for self-description <clears throat> thank you yeah but less so for when people are trying to use that label and put you into a very specific box of their limited knowledge so if you're self-describing and you're under trying to understand your sexuality and trying to understand your attractions and and why you're gender diverse and why do you have a presentation the way you do the second book which is subtitled um what was it called it's called discovering your true <laughs> identity uh sorry i just i just freaked out for a second um i think that's great for the person the individual trying to come to terms with who they are and i think i think right, right. i think they're good resources because i can't tell you how many people reach out to me and tell me oh my god until i read this book i didn't understand myself part of your story right. resonates with me um i didn't know there was others like me and it really surprises me in 2023 almost 2024 that people still mm -hmm. have that opinion um or or concern right. that they're alone so I think that if it has any value, it's letting people know that their story and their journey is not an isolated and unique one. Very much true, very much true. In your opinion, what are some misconceptions or stereotypes about cross-dressers that you aim to challenge or debunk through your writing? Oh yeah, I, definitely the biggest one is that uh, cross-dressers are just all about the sex, that we're all just fetishistic, that we're all mentally ill, that we don't belong under the transgender umbrella. Um, there's a, there's plenty more, but <laughs> primarily it is about challenging. When people say the word crossdresser or self-describe and introduce themselves as such, what we find a lot of times is like, oh, you're just a crossdresser, meaning that I'm not serious about my craft that I'm a weekend warrior, that I just do it for, you know, sexual release. There's so many misconceptions. And I'm not saying those things aren't true for many. Right. Some people love just to dress because it makes them feel sexy and sensual. And that's mm -hmm. why they do it. I'm not, I'm not disputing or debunking that, but I'm saying that everybody gets labeled and mushed into the same like set of stigmas under that term in reality. We all have so many different journeys. Some people just do it because they need to express that feminine spirit. Some people do it because they are on their way to transitioning in some manner. And this is a way, like a way station of better understanding what dressing in a different way means to them. Um, other people do it to de-stress when they get home because they're, you know, 500000 hour a year people and they're high power and they just come home and they want to wear something soft and you know so, soft and angora and furry and satiny you know there's so many reasons why we do it but again we get so pushed into the a singular label of fetish that unfortunately it causes yeah. people to weaponize cross-dressers against the larger trans community like right. oh you you want you want affirming care oh you want you know equal health care under the laws yeah but look at these cross-dressers look what they're doing you're just like them gross and we have to we have to open that conversation to realize that in every walk of life 
you have a gamut of people doing things for a variety of reasons. And you can't just say crossdressers are the ills of the trans community because that's definitely not true. Right, right. Um, and what, all in all, what kind of feedback have you received from readers so far? All in all. I think positively, I've heard from wives of, girlfriends of, I've heard from cross-dressing men themselves. Again, realizing that their story is, is not terribly unique or not terminally unique, that there are others like them on a similar trajectory or path. Um, again, and it's for me, it is, it is an honor to hear those positive reviews and people reaching out through Instagram or through my website, just saying thank you so much for putting this on paper because you've given me the words, you've given me the language to say the same things. I just didn't know how to say it and didn't know how to bring it up. But mm -hmm. if, if I can be, since I am the writer and I'm a creative in that way, if I can position words and paragraphs and sentences and summaries and essays together in a way that is digestible, accessible and something that people can say, oh, I can use that. That makes sense to me. That's the most important thing I could do. Right. Were there any specific struggles that you encountered while writing this book and how did you overcome them? Well, luckily for me in my male side of life, I've written several novels. Uh, I used to do movie review blogs like twice, three times a week. So I don't typically suffer from writer's block or, uh, you know, stalling in ways. Um, and also because it's so personal, like these are personal things. This is very important to me. And it's, I really don't have to research what it is I'm going to say because I've lived it. Um, it is easy. It's actually very easy to write. What I find challenging is when I need to educate myself prior to writing or in the midst of writing to say, oh, let me see what different genders are out there right now and then educate myself and then be able to encapsulate that into the books in, again, in an accessible way for others. So uh, probably if you want to say anything's difficult or arduous, it's the research. But research. otherwise, it's so personal to me that it's, it seems to be just, you know, flies off the fingertips. And what message or main takeaways do you hope readers will gain from reading your book? Um, that we're just like everybody else. That, you know, you could throw, you could cast shade on every walk of life, uh, you know, football, you know, uh, fans, you know, people who are deer hunters, people who like to, you know, wrestle alligators. I mean, you know, it, casting that much shade on so many different walks of life just seems silly. If that's what they love, let them mm -hmm. be them. If they're not hurting themselves, I mean, I don't know about alligator wrestling that might get them hurt. But if you just are enjoying your life and you're living life to the fullest on your terms and it really is no of little consequence to other people, my message would be, let's all just love each other a little bit more and judge people a little bit less. Right, most definitely, I agree. Um, and who do you believe will benefit the most from reading Living as a Cross-Dressing, uh, Living as it's, it's Living with cross-dressing and why? Um, I think that the person who's get the most out of it is the person who's living it. Um, whether definitely. whether it's the person themselves or the people in their immediate orbit of loved ones, I think those are the people who are gonna get the most out of it. Is it applicable to, you know, if some guy in Congress wants to read it, I would love him to. Is he gonna understand mm -hmm. the journey as 
intimately as somebody who's living the life probably not but yeah for the i think the people who are living it and living around it are the people who are gonna get the most out of it right is there any particular chapter or section in the book that you found most meaningful or important to include if so can you share why well i will tell you when i wrote the first book i typically go out to starbucks and write and that's where i'm the most creative because there's a lot of energy there and my girlfriend had written me a letter and he says hey can you take this letter with you and read it and you can put in your book and it was her story of us it was her story of like how we got together her thoughts of when i revealed myself to her savannah um and like kind of like how that how it went from her perspective so i was writing it rewriting it as i was reading it and it was so emotive and emotionally charged and so heartfelt that for me it was very emotional and very poignant and i think it was super important because it was really the only part of the first book that i didn't write from my perspective it was her perspective it was the way she saw it at that time and i think right. that was for something to be added like that that was outside of me was really really dear Right. And as an author, what message or legacy do you hope to leave behind for individuals who identify as cross-dressers and also those who identify as transgender? I, well, you know, I don't have any kids, so I'm not going to leave uh, genealogy legacy. So in reality, my books and my TEDx talks and the podcast, those are my legacies. And I think what I'd love for that to mean as a legacy is that I somehow touched one person's life who then went out and touched two other people's lives. And like, you know, that little, like that neural gateway where that one spark goes off into all directions and just touches, you know, all the, all the nodes along the way and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the network becomes a galaxy. So I would love my, my net, I would love my legacy to be that, to be touching people's lives in a meaningful way so that they can go and do their own missionary work and their own positive, whatever it looks like to them, whatever their journey looks like, and be able to just like carry that forward. Awesome. Thank you so much, um, Savannah. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of JoJo's An Empowering Journey. We hope you enjoyed our insightful conversation with author Savannah Hawk, who shared her experiences and wisdom on living uh, with cross-dressing. If you want to dive deeper into her work, we encourage you to check into her books. Um, um, Savannah's books offer a unique and intimate glimpse into the world of cross-dressing, providing valuable insights, encouragement, and empowerment. By exploring her stories, readers can gain a deeper understanding of this multi-faced aspect of identity and find inspiration for their own personal journey. To purchase Savannah Hawk's books, you can visit your local bookstore or browse online platforms such as Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or her official website, HTTPS, livingwithcrossdressing.com. We highly recommend diving into her writings to gain a broader perspective and celebrate the diversity of human experiences. Thank you once again for joining us on this episode of JoJo's Empowering Journey, and we hope we look forward to having you back for more inspiring conversations in the future. Remember to stay true to yourself and embrace the power of your unique journey. Thank you, Savannah. Thank you so much, Jojo. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.